You are listening to the SSG Podcast, a monthly HR, health and safety podcast available through all good podcast streaming services. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our SSG Podcast. I am Manuela and I'm joined by... Adam. I'm Adam, Head of Learning here at SSG. The dream team is back um, in the hot seat today talking about smart objectives. So um, I'm sure most of you will have heard about smart objectives before. Um, Some of you might even use them. So today is an opportunity to maybe brush up on some general leadership knowledge there, uh, talking about smart objectives. What are they? Um, How do we put them together? Why do we actually use them? We talk about some different models for smart objectives. Uh, and we give you some prime examples as well of uh, objectives that might be a little bit tricky to put together and how we can turn them I smart. some top tips and common pitfalls. Exactly right. So first of all, Adam. Oh, am I up already? Have you heard of smart objectives before? What does it stand for? Oh, wh- which bit? The smart bit? The smart um, bit. Well, there's always a little bit of debate over the S, isn't there? Um, but we're always going to go for something like specific or, as I've said earlier, sensible, depending on the, uh, the the way we look at it. Measurable. Objectives need to be measurable. They need to be achievable. They need to be realistic and they need to be timed. There needs to be something that we can get out of these. And I think this will come back to one of the models we talk about later, where we can actually have objectives that don't meet those criteria but lead to objectives that do. Okay, we're talking about the IOSH model there, aren't we? So cool. So we'll dive into that in a bit too, a bit more detail. So let's just keep it simple to start us off. Smart objectives, S specific, M measurable, A achievable, R realistic, and T time bound. That's exactly it. So basically we say that unless an objective that you set someone is all of those things is not a proper objective. So basically, my boss sends me an email and says, I need you to do this report for me. And he doesn't tell me when it needs to be done by. And it doesn't, uh, he doesn't tell me the depth of the report that I need to produce. So automatically, I'm putting myself out to fail, really, because I don't know when I'm, if it's urgent or important or whatever. So I need to be very specific um, and I need to be able to measure as well if someone has achieved the outcome. And we'll come back to some examples of where that might be a little bit tricky later on when it's more sort of intrinsic stuff, maybe, that hasn't got facts and figures attached to it. But so the only other thing I wanted to explain really around the terminology here is we've got achievable and realistic. So there is a difference there between achievable and realistic. And the example I always take is, you know, if you asked me to run a marathon right now in, say, four hours. um, And say four hours, is that that's plenty of time, right? That's ages. Okay, that's do it ages. Twice. Um, and and do that without dying before I get to the end. Yeah. Okay. So is it specific? Yeah, yeah. we're being very specific. Is it measurable? Yeah, because yeah. I can take my pulse when I get there or not. Um, and then is it achievable? Yeah, there's a road there and I've got shoes on, I've got legs, so I can quite happily do that. Is it realistic though? You know, if I'm well, like myself, two stone overweight. Scale, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it could be touched to that. But it could also just be my general capability. So, you know, like myself, I only run in a zombie apocalypse, really. If you see me running, run with me. Okay. um, Because something's chasing me. So there's absolutely no chance I could run a marathon if you put me on the street now. So it needs to be all of those things. It can't be smart. It can't be smart. uh, It can't be thought. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I think there's a, there's a really important point in what you just made there as well, is that when we're setting these objectives, if I set you an objective that you actually can't make, that can be very demotivational as well, can't it? Because you instantly go, well, I can't do it, so I won't bother doing anything. So these are really important objectives, really help us set the tone and direction of the business, don't they, from an overall point of view, and really make sure everyone knows exactly what they're doing. And it needs to be things they feel they can do. Absolutely. So you're leading us very neatly there into the next section, really explaining why smart objectives are important. So obviously, from an organizational perspective, uh, it's important to drive organizations forward. From a personal perspective, it's really good to motivate people. With my HR hat on, I would also say you won't be able to improve anyone's performance if you're not being clear on where they're falling short. It's not fair, is it? If you just say, well, you're not quite making the grade, but if you can't quantify that or qualify that statement in a proper objective, then it's not fair on the individual. Why else might we want to use smart objectives? I I suppose it's just it's making sure that everyone's pushing in the in the same direction. A lot of a lot of big companies have some very clear visions and very clear goals. And um, I had someone on one of my courses that they have an experience from, you know, a really big brand that we would that we would all know. And they were pointing out the organization has three objectives at their, their, their most senior level. But every single person within the business understands how their three objectives align with the company objectives. Right. And it's they're absolutely obsessed with those three core objectives. So we all know we're all pushing in the same direction. So it helps us align with a common goal, doesn't it? So it's a culture thing as well. And it's all about engaging people into the common goal. God, that was very philosophical. Cogs in a machine. Uh, <laughs> so Adam, you just mentioned briefly that there are different ways and how we can apply those. And you were talking about an IOSH model. Oh, so obviously, we, are, we what, what, what you just summed up earlier was really important. It's when we said we see we as consultants go out and we talk to clients and we say have you got objectives and you see these wonderful objectives that aren't smart don't you where they just put oh we want to have less accidents amazing classic absolutely and and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that being a company objective it's just not very easy to measure that or Mm -hmm. achieve it or put timescales on what does that mean so one of the courses that I teach is um, IOSH um, Senior Executives, uh, uh, sorry, IOSH Safety for Senior Executives and Directors, because it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Let's just call it the IOSH said course. Yeah. And, um, and, and on that course, we, we very much focus on leadership and sort of a, a management of health and safety. And one of the outcomes from that course is a proper understanding of how to set objectives for safety. And to do that, they use an American sports psychology model. And that American sports psychology model basically starts by going, right, what we've got to do is, first of all, is sort of set non-smart objectives, for want of a better word, our sort of vision, the, the big stuff. So like, for example, the let's reduce the amount of accidents we're having. We, we know you need these sort of directions that, that we then need to make smart. So then they set what's known as performance goals, which are almost like the stepping stones to get there. So if I want to reduce my accidents, maybe I need to... Um, I need to be training managers in how to better assess risk. Maybe I need to be teaching my employees about my culture or my reporting culture so that information is available. Maybe I need to be changing the culture so people take more time. So well, there I've just said we need to train our managers and we need to train our employees. Let's just say they're two of the stepping stones. Well, from that, I can set process goals. And those process goals can then be set as very smart objectives. So going from that that 
very quick example I just came up from the top of my head. From those, I might therefore say that I want to train my managers. I might identify that all my managers need to go on the IOSH Managing Safely course, and I want them all to have that by December 2023. And then I set a very smart objective. All of my appointed managers will hold this qualification by this date. Now, that doesn't instantly mean I'll meet that visionary objective. But if I meet all of my stepping stones, it's highly Step likely I'll right be moving direction. in the right direction, isn't it? And that model really works. We, we use it as a business. And I know lots of other businesses use that as well. It mm. can be really helpful, can't it? So you just said, uh, I come across that a lot, actually, where, where organisations say we need to have the aspiration of having a zero accident rate. And we start arguing with people about that being achievable or realistic. Um, but yeah, it's exactly what you said, isn't it? We should all aspire to having zero we can accidents. Have a, we can have a vision and we can aspire to yeah. it, but we need to make it. If, if I just gave you the objective. Unlikely we get it. <laughs> if I gave you the objective tomorrow about achieving that, you're yeah. going to fail, aren't you? Yeah, that's... absolutely. So what we can then do is break that further down and go, well, that's that's the aspiration. But actually what we're doing is we're reviewing our risk assessments um, frequently. We're doing um, floor walks and training and et cetera, et cetera. So that's your small, smart objectives. Yeah. Okay. Oh, great way of doing it. So we're setting smaller smart objectives to aid the overall purpose or goal or vision of the organization, I suppose. So uh, common pitfalls then, what might go wrong with smart objectives? Well, we already mentioned that uh, quite often we stop where we say, okay, this is a specific objective and then we forget the time. That happens very often, doesn't it? That time-bound factor is super important yep. because if we don't have a time assigned to it, we don't know when we're going to measure it. We don't know if we've been successful or not. And I think it's really important with objectives that we need to set those objectives, particularly when we're talking about health and safety. Although this works for all other aspects of the business model, isn't it? any quality management system, any environmental management system, any system that we're using. When we, when we set our sort of vision or our policy, we should be listing our objectives at that point. This is what we're going to achieve. We then need to be able to measure to see if we've achieved that at the reviewing section of the plan, do, check, act, management approach. So if we set poor objectives, then they're like exactly like you were saying, that they're hard to measure. Well, if they're hard to measure, we don't know we've done them. We don't know we're acting effectively. The whole thing falls over. So we need very clear, smart objectives so that the system can actually ensure they happen. So this is stuff that we can measure potentially. So, you know, we can very easily measure if someone's been on a training course or not, or if we've uh, reviewed our processes or whatever. What about the more personal stuff though? So from a HR perspective, quite often I get people that say uh, they need to address things like be more engaged, or, you know, be more motivated, stop being so negative. That's tough, isn't it? I was even thinking just along that when people sort of improve the well-being of our team. Yes. Amazing. Great yeah. objective. <laughs> Great objective. Well, what does it mean? Let's all be happy tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So there are some top tips that I can give you that might help. And actually, it follows a very similar approach to what you've just said, uh, where we're kind of breaking things down a little bit and being more specific about what we can do to achieve that. So let's stick with the be more engaged thing, for example. So if you have an employee who's uh, quite disengaged with the organization in general, uh, that might apply to health and safety or, you know, general kind of how they get on with their colleagues, etc. You need to ask yourself, what does engagement look like in my organization? So an engaged employee, for example, might be someone who suggests opportunities for improvement for the organization, uh, who um, reports accidents or incidents very frequently. 
who maybe uh, speaks up in meetings, in team meetings. Vol- volunteers for roles such as perfect sort of first aider or fire marshal. Exactly. Or... Yeah, all that kind of stuff. So you can then sit down with the employee and say, look, you know, overall, I feel that you're maybe not quite as engaged as the majority of our staff. And I find that really sad. Let me see how we can break that down and help you to achieve the higher level of engagement, because I really want you to be here. So this is the kind of conversation that we can have with someone when it comes to addressing those issues. So then we can say things like, for example, okay, so in order to show your engagement with the organization, I would like you to think of one opportunity for improvement that is realistic, that something that maybe is within your job role even, you've got a good view on that and submit that to us on a quarterly or monthly basis, you know, whatever is, um, again, realistic and achievable in your organization. So that's one way of doing that. You know, another one could be, like you just said, volunteering for certain roles, being a member of a staff committee, for example. So you're almost like um, forcing people into their own happiness, I guess. <laughs> um, also, speaking of happiness, uh, and you just said, you know, general well-being and workplace engagement, uh, workplace happiness. I have also had that in the past where I literally sat down with someone and said, you know, how would you rate your happiness level out of 10 right now? Um, and if it's maybe a four, then look, life's too short. We need to change that. What can we do? And that it follows that uh, same the Irish approach that you mentioned earlier about outcome goals. So your outcome goal is be happier in the workplace. Your performance measure is, you know, do all these things like get engaged, find out a fun fact about one of your colleagues, you know, engage in those kind of conversations during tea time. Yeah, it works, doesn't it? I think just taking a a step back, one thing I always sort of think about as well is when we're looking at setting objectives for the the whole business, whether that's safety or whether that's quality, it can be quite hard to know where to start. So when people come on a a course and we sort of ask them, what are your objectives? People just sometimes freeze and don't know. But actually, there's lots of stuff we, we can use and you can sort of. I think you can sort of step back and look at things like sort of, you know, if you've done a SWOT analysis or if you've got company risk assessments or high level risk assessments, all to draw that inspiration off. It's harder, like you said, probably on an individual level, isn't it? Because they all need to be unique. But from a company point of view, there are tools out there that can help. And then I think it's really important to be flexible with your objectives, recognize that things change. Yeah. Lots of companies had to very rapidly reconsider their objectives uh, in 2020, didn't they? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. So there needs to be an element of uh, consistent review, doesn't it? Again, it comes back to plan, do, check, act, doesn't it? Um, and having regular reviews of the objectives that you put in place. Very much. So that's it in a nutshell, really. That's- Good 15 minutes on quick, smart objectives. Obviously, a big topic when you're making this quite integral to the running of your organization, which you should, absolutely. So if you need more advice and guidance, you know where we are. Um, we also have training courses on the HR side that deal with performance improvement, attendance improvement and smart objectives in particular. Uh, so we do run those uh, privately. So if you're interested in that, please let us know. We can do that online or we can do that face to face. Just get in touch with our customer service team and they can book you in if you're interested. Or equally, we're quite happy to come out and have a bit of consultancy with you, sit down with your teams and have a bit of brainstorming around how can we set smarter organizational objectives, be that for health and safety um, or on a wider business level, really. Like we said, if you get these right, they really help set the direction and culture of the business, don't they? This is really, it's so simple, but so easy to get wrong, but get it right, it can be massively beneficial. Amazing. Cool. Thanks so much, Adam. That was fun. No, thanks for for listening and um, hopefully speak to you all again soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.